All right. Pastor's out of town. We have spoken with him. He, he's going to be back. <laughs> Amen. Man, what a great pastor we have. Man, we are, we are blessed. And I've been in plenty of churches, and he's a good one, okay? You know, um, it's always just such a joy to get a chance to share what um, the Lord's laid on my heart. And um, sometimes I just kind of laugh. Um, at how the Lord kind of directs me. But um, this morning, if you have your Bibles, turn to the third chapter of the book of John. You're guaranteed when Pastor Larry speaks that it's going to be the deepest of things that, you know, he's going to unlock those scriptures we've never looked at, never seen. And you know, going to the book of John, the third chapter, I mean, nobody reads John chapter 3, right? John chapter 3, spoiler alert, verse 16, there you go, who ever thought, amen. John three sixteen says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his own, one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Father, again, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you've laid on my heart today. God, I pray that this would be words of life. Lord, that it would be words of life change, life encouragement, life vision, God. I pray today that, Lord, I would speak, Lord, as a prophet of God to these people, God, and to myself, God. Lord, as I share this word, Lord, I need your touch. Lord, we need you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence already here. God, I pray that we would, Lord, just move and flow with that. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. John 3.16. There you go. That's where we're going to start. Hopefully, where we, that's where we'll start. And hopefully, this is where we'll end. You know, God loves... Us. God loves the world. I mean, again, this verse, it's right there. It's one of the first scriptures we learn as believers and as people that love God. This morning, man, I, I feel like the Lord's put some things on my heart to just talk about, man, do we love the world? Do we love our brothers and sisters? I mean, do we love like God loves? And are we... I don't know if you can say God really becomes concerned, but he was concerned enough to send his son, that verse says. But man, us as the church, and again, what, what an amazing church we have. What an amazing position God has placed us in as his church in this city. There's a purpose and there's a reason God put us here. And it wasn't just so we could gather here, but that we would have impact. That's the reason he sent his son. He didn't just send his son just to send my son, okay? He did it to impact our lives, to impact the world's lives as a son. Man, I love you so much. I want to make a way to heaven. 
In the book of Matthew, the 16th chapter, Jesus is talking to the disciples and man, isn't, isn't, isn't this book great? This scripture is just so good. Jesus is having a discussion with the disciples. Man, if you are ever trying to speak into people's lives, please continue to read scripture and it will be an encouragement to you that, hey, they may not get it now, but there's a good chance they'll get it. Jesus has just talked to the disciples about the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they thought the conversation was about bread. I'm telling you, I laugh all the way through this book. I'm going, there's hope for me. I can relate to these guys. Jesus comes to a point in the 13th verse where he says this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And man, what a scary question, I think, that after, after the bread conversation. <laughs> the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Then Simon replied, he said, some say John, well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. What's your answer? What's your answer to that question? Who do people say the Son of Man is in your life? I ask that before I get to Jesus' response because, again, that's a question we need to ask ourselves. Who do we say the Son of Man is? Pastor, a couple weeks ago, used a term um, in description of people, and man, what I, what, I love our pastor. I love the, just the friendship discussion, and he was talking about that he used a term called a practical atheist. So many Christians are practical atheists. And what that means is they are practical in the sense that they are Christian. The only problem is their life doesn't prove that there is a Christ. They don't really believe he heals. Their prayers for healing are more hope than they are faith. You know, and then they tag it with, if this be your will, Lord. I'm not talking about the way anybody prays. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I mean, because sometimes that almost feels like a deep faith statement. Because somehow we just want to get the words right, right? You know, so we speak the words that Jesus really heals with. That's the reason televangelists make billions of dollars. Because, <laughs> well, you know, he's got the right words. I was kind of enamored this week with. Robert Tilton a little bit. I just, I don't know. Just his, and I, the, the, the kind of most comical thing to me that I read in this article about him was that when the 2020 thing came out and everything blew up, he went from bringing in $20 million a day. And it's horrible. This is horrible. After that report, he was only bringing in $1.3 million a day. That's just horrible. I mean, how? What a struggle, Josh. 
Who can live off $1.3 million a day? What ministry could exist? I'm sorry, I don't mean to get sidetracked. Who do men say that I am? Who do you say he is? Who do you say he is? I'm going to kind of jump over to kind of the bread conversation. Oh, you mean I'm supposed to say something? Jesus responds to Peter and he says this. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Who do you say I am? You are the Messiah. The Son of the living God. Flesh and blood have not revealed this to you. But it was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. You know sometimes, and, and it's been my experience in the church world... There are some people that almost treat that question like a country song I heard once. Years ago, I think it was Garth Brooks came out with a song that said, check yes or no. Thank you very much, see? My country music fans, okay? Who wouldn't, who wouldn't want to not go to hell? All I have to do is check the right box, Pastor Larry. That's my box. And then go to church every Sunday the rest of my life. And heaven is my home. That sounds a lot more like the yeast conversation than it does the Jesus conversation. Who do you say he is? Who do we say? Don't, don't misunderstand me. <laughs> you know, sometimes I think that people think that the louder they are, the more people will hear. You know, they're kind of like a spiritual bull in a china shop. You know, they just kind of, boom, if I say it loud enough. And, you know, it's kind of, for years I've made the statement in talking and trying to convince young people that they need to share their faith and it's real important that you live a faith before you share the faith. But then I, I tell them, I said, that doesn't mean that Jesus wants you to run and jump up on the table in your school in the lunchroom and say, you're all going to hell. Because, man, they're ready to do that. But what they're not ready to do is live a faith. Kind of... One of mine, Lauren's favorite scriptures. Be ready at all times to give a reason for the hope that is in you. A reason to speak life instead of death in every situation. A, re a reason to, to, to be positive instead of negative. reason to go forward instead of backwards. Who do men say that I am? Who do you say I am? But again, it's not. It's, 
Sometimes I think people think people will be one because of the massive number of Jesus words we just kind of throw out to them. And that, that is not true. This world, the lost people, people that don't know Christ are looking for Jesus. And all he wants is for his church to know him and to be there. I've worked with young people for a long time, 30 some odd years or so. And I tell people from time to time, sometimes I can scare teenagers. And I have to be kind of careful because I'm a pretty animated person, okay? I I just, you know, I mean, so I have to, because I personally have found that no two teenagers are just alike, okay? They're kind of like my children. When they were teenagers, they weren't always... And it's not just because, like, I had a son and two daughters, okay? I mean, they're just not alike. I mean, but the Lord knows that. The thing about it is this. Who with your life do you say Jesus is? You see, because welcome to my world. We're going to jump back to John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. God was so concerned that he, that he sent his one and only son. Who do men say that I am? There are men that say he doesn't exist. Well, man, that just all offends me. I'm just going to... Who do we say he is? And again, it's not just a George Strait song, check yes or no. Got the right answer, Pastor Larry. Now the question is, do you have the right answer? See, sometimes silence is louder than sound. What's so cool about God is he'll make room for what's in you. But what's in you? Is it a whole lot of you? That goes in the good column. There's a whole lot of good and a whole bunch of people. But that doesn't mean there's a whole lot of God. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my spirit. Wow, imagine that, that a Pentecostal church would believe that the power of the Spirit to bring it to life. The book of... The young people love it when my voice cracks like that. It's just the greatest thing on earth. They do too. It's okay. I'll grow up one day. (laughs) I refuse to get sidetracked. (laughs) Matthew chapter 7. We're going to go to verse 15. The title of my message is Jesus Culture. 
And in talking about culture, you know, you look these words up and it's the science that deals with origins, origins, physical and cultural development, biological characteristics, social customs, beliefs of mankind. Jesus. Culture. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, thrown into the fire. Thus by their fruit you will recognize them. It's the NIV. In the Message Bible it says it this way. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff. Even though crowds of people do. The way to life to God is vigorous and requires total attention. Be weary of false preachers who smile a lot, dripping with practice sincerity. Chances are they are out to rip you off some way or other. Don't be impressed with charisma. Look for character. Who preachers are is the main thing, not what... They say a genuine leader will never exploit your emotions or your pocketbook. These diseased trees with their bad apples are going to be chopped down and burned. It's amazing to me The lack of character sometimes the church chooses to ignore because, man, they're gifted. I mean, I've got some great friends that are gifted. And they're my friends. I'm as, well, they're my friends as much as they'll let me be. (laughs) I've got a scripture that I quote a lot and say a bunch. Proverbs 27, 6, that says, The wounds of a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies his kisses. And that whole scripture kind of makes us think of Robert Tilton a little bit. You know, and again, I mean, you know, I mean, that's just the word out there. I don't know Robert Tilton. But that's the image where we think of Jim Baker like you talked about this morning in Sunday school, Jim. And while we're busy inspecting other people's fruit, could we take a minute and take a look at ours? I'm sorry, I didn't tell you that in advance, right? It's amazing to me the standard people will hold other people to, but in their own lives won't demand the same. Just a personal experience. Of course, I've never done that. I'm too good. You'll know a tree by the fruit that it bears.
You know, don't judge me though, Pastor Larry. Okay. For God so loved the world that he gave his only, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would have eternal life. Man, in this scripture, Jesus is saying who they are is who they really are. And who you are is who you really are. Who are you? Who are you? Who am I? Am I a, am I a part of the tribe that flesh and blood hasn't, hasn't brought this to you? But my spirit... It's amazing how we can come to Christ and then develop all these attitudes about Him without His Spirit. We want to pick and choose spirits along, kind of, well, whenever I feel like it, I'll act, I'll act like the Holy Spirit wants me to. But whenever I don't feel like it, I'm just not going to do it. It's kind of like a George Strait song, check yes or no. When I have a good day, Pastor Larry, I'm telling you, I'm on. when I have a bad day that's just too much can be expected I mean really for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life you know in that verse I really like what it says in the King James a whole bunch who so Whosoever believes in me will have eternal life. Developing a Jesus culture. And these are just what I think about when I think about a Jesus culture. You take it from John 3.16 and then you look and talk about the recognition and the revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Or are there people we really want to go to hell? Because they deserve it. Pastor sent me a sermon a while back and this guy was talking about his mom who was a pretty bad person and she came to Christ late in life and the lady, and he's talking to her one day and, you know, as the preacher, he says, me and mom, you've got a pretty good deal. He said, and then the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, you know, you got a pretty big deal, pretty good deal too. Isn't that funny how we do that? A Jesus culture. And that's what I believe God wants us to develop. A few months back, I, I preached this as a series on Wednesday nights to our young people about developing a Jesus culture that one of the things we need to do to become the youth ministry that God wants us to be is to develop a, a Jesus culture. And actually... You know, one of the young people came to me later and said, hey, have you ever thought about talking about this in church? A Jesus culture, not a Larry culture, not a Sloan culture. Not a Ron culture, not a Jim, not a Karen culture. All those great cultures, I've been around them, they're great. But as the church, his church, not my church or your church, 
Yeah. It's his church. If it's if it is. Because sometimes in church it can look a lot more like us than it does like him. That way everybody's like, like me. Man, what a horrible world that would be for me. If everybody were like me. That's not it. <laughs> who do men say that I am? Who do you... Who, who do, as a church, who do we say he is? Who is he? In your life. In the way you live. In the way you talk. In the way you work. <laughs> who do you say that he is? Really the beginning of any culture that includes Jesus really starts with the way Jesus did it, huh? John chapter 13. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Verse 2, the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to, be, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up for the meal, from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He, said, he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, you are, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, Peter said. You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you will have no part with me. Then, Simon, then, the, then Lord Simon replied, not just my feet, but my hands, my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean. Though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him and that was why he said, not everyone has, was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done? He asked. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so. For that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set for you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no, no servant is greater than his master. Nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. You know, you always need to be afraid when in a Pentecostal church they pull out a white cloth. 
a scary moment. You know, because here's what it is. Man, preach it, brother, preach it. You know, that's the problem with our church versus his. We'll use a towel for feet washing and use it as a reason to shout. You see, we want to lift us up. But he wants us to lift him up. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now this is that tension moment, right? This is that, man, is he going to wash people's feet? Because there's more than one. The question is, what do you do with the towel? Do we want to be his church or ours? You see, Jesus didn't come to be served. But he came to serve. Excuse me for inviting you into my brain. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And to all who received him, he gave the power of eternal life. In church this morning, I'm not going to wash anybody's feet. It's not because I want, I mean, here's the question is his church, have we arrived? at the getting place praying that it will be a giving place when the world comes into our house is our attitude here you can be on my team if you'll wash my feet you can join my club Man, let's have a Jericho march. When Jesus is asking, when they come in the door, they kind of wash your feet. How can I serve you? You're lost. Man, they don't look, smell, you know, when they come in with. I don't know, whatever the thing that bugs you the most. Tattoos, holes in their head, growling, I don't know. I youth pastor, a kid. 
who wore his hair straightforward, covered his whole man, whole face. Black fingernails, black, and I'm telling you, he could have been Casper. I'll be honest with you, he was so white. It's a ghost, okay, for the people that aren't old enough to remember Casper. And his favorite thing to do was show up at church and growl at elderly women whenever they got close to him. He had issues. But so did I. I had the right haircut. I was an athlete. I was church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. All those things. But I was as lost as him. Because you know what he said to me every day? Every time he saw me? He didn't growl. I've been growled at before, okay? He said, Pastor Larry, you look like you could use a hug. And so, man, what I do stand up, that's all. And I'd grab this kid, and man, I'd hug him. I'd say, man, I love you. Sit down. <laughs> Thanks. See, but here's what people didn't know. He had a mom, but she found a guy online when he was 12 that she liked more than her husband, so... She left. And his dad, what a gifted guy. He was a phenomenal musician, everything else like that. He'd been at about six different churches and had slept with somebody on the worship team at every one. He had issues. So do the people that walk through these doors. Man, what, what will we be? Who do you say that I am? You're the Christ. The Son of the living God. And because you have changed me, I have become a change agent. And I will wash feet. I will serve before I do anything else. Because I choose to be your slave, Lord. I choose to be bound to character. I choose to be bound to discipline. You see, but before we make a, 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 an act holy, are we holy? The purity of it. That's why I'm not going to wash any feet because, again, it's, it's the point of it. Well, let's all get in line and we'll all feel better about ourselves. And, man, look how great Christians we are. Everybody, hey, guess what? This week, 100% TFA washed feet. Everybody got in line. It was great. We were washing feet and slinging towels. Man, woo! And that describes the church, a whole lot of pomp and circumstance, but very little true, real life. DC Talk, those famous deep thinkers that they are. In one of their songs, 
that the greatest, the leading reason for atheism in America is believers who walk into church one way and walk out the same way at the end. Help me, Justin. Because here's the point. Do you want a towel? And again, not so you can bring it back to, Pastor Larry, I want ten towels. Just put them all over me. Wrap me all up, Pastor Larry. Because the whole point of the towel isn't how many feet you washed. It's the spirit of the washing. What church do we want to be? I mean, do we want an American church? Because I'd probably choose like a Chinese church. <laughs> okay. If I, had, if, I, if I was in the choosing, don't get me wrong. I'm all American. I believe in America. I am one. Okay. I love America. It's the greatest country in the world. Some people have actually been to other countries and can prove it. What about it, church? I could throw tiles all over the altar. And you can get up and come grab one and, all right, I've succeeded. I've responded right to Pastor Larry's altar call. This is so much Jesus. Flesh and blood is not what's revealed this to you. It's the Holy Spirit. So this morning, here's my challenge. What will you do? Only have about 72 tiles. Well, 70. 70, because I've wiped my mouth with two. Okay, so. It's nothing special about my saliva or whatever else, Okay. You see, the truth of it, it's not about altitude spiritually. It's about attitude. Who do you say that I am? You see, because we can come grab towels. But next Sunday, will you show up to serve instead of being served? In your life, will you live a life of service as opposed to being served? It's amazing to me to go to restaurants with some people because I can't come with, I can't go with some people. I can't go with the one whose waitress isn't fast enough. I remember the day I, my son went to college, came back, we went to dinner one night, Jim. <laughs> I'll show you what it was like. We went out to a restaurant and his glass got empty and he, so he shook his glass so that she could hear the, the, the ice ring. He'd learned a great habit off at college. I said, what are you doing? He says, well, Dad, that's how she knows my glass is empty. I said, son, she knows your glass is empty. Put your stinking glass down or I'll never go eat with you again. I'm paying. And I'll gladly pay. Who do you say that I am? Or tip accordingly. What if God tipped you accordingly? I've got a pretty good deal, Jim. 
We're going to play a song. I'm going to ask Jim to close the service. Because I'm getting ready to walk out that door. And I'm going to stand at that table that I stand at every Sunday after church. And I run to get back there. Because I just think somebody needs to hand bags to visitors. I didn't get a vote. I, we didn't take a vote. <laughs> There's places to serve all over the place. What will we be? Stand up with me. I'm going to ask Justin, man, open every package and set them up here. Jim, at the appropriate time, just come up and close. Can I tell you, I love our church. I love this church. I believe there's a destiny God has for this church. Man, I'm so excited. And the question, man, will we be his church? We may run out of towels. But God forbid we make the towel something. It's the spirit that made this revelation real. We'll turn it over to you. Listen to this song. Sometimes our pastors can really step on our toes, can't they? They can really challenge us. I, I feel challenged by what Pastor Larry has shared with us. <clears throat> I know that it's truth that God has called us first. And foremost, to serve. First and foremost. He set the example for us in so many ways. Maybe a proper way to conclude this service is for every one of us who feels like, you know, I've been challenged. I know God's calling me to a a closer wall, to a more committed wall. I know he's calling me into a walk of service. I want my life to be a life of service. If you feel that way, I want you to come up here, take a towel, take it back to your seat, and then I'll close the service after that's done. Don't do it if you don't feel that, but if you do, come and get a Come get a hand towel. I'll give you a moment, and then we're going to pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I got mine.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Now when you go to dinner after church, if you forget to take that towel out of your pocket or your purse, you'll have something to talk about. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Lord. What a privilege it is to serve you.